0: talking
1: about the issues that matter to montana statewide this is montana talks with aaron flint
2: Oh, good. I got tech support in the house. I got George Blackard in the house. I am it's,
1: fired up Mr. Today.
2: Tech Support. Well, I'm going to save the tech support questions for offline because he's got a good telecommunications background. You're fired up. So apparently uh, that uh, that report from Jeff Laszloff, he got you all fired up this good
1: morning. Good God, Aaron. <laughs> Teachers are supposed to be smart people. But here, here's here's what drives me nuts. So you have these librarians, right, that are, like you said, Kind of giving the middle finger to everybody else, teachers and everybody, because you know what? They don't get to make a whole lot of policy or decisions or anything. They're there to help kids find books and and get an education. Oh, yeah. But science doesn't mean anything to them. And apparently you can put pornography in there. And if you try and take it out, they scream and scream and scream that it's censorship and you're burning books and all this. It's nuts. And it just infuriates me that we're okay with that yeah you know i i'd be interested i should go
2: follow up and see if in the billings high school library or if in the laurel library if they have dennis prager's books from prager u because uh he got the green light the he got a license to be able to sell his books in montana to schools But that doesn't mean that they're going to buy it. It He just got a a license to be able to sell his books. But the radical Muslim group CARE uh, complained that Montana allowed Dennis Prager to sell his books in Montana. It doesn't mean that they're going to be on the school bookshelves. It just means he has the ability to sell them. Dennis Prager is a Jewish conservative guy, and these Muslim extremists were complaining about it, and so were the liberals on the left. And so, like, okay, oh. do you guys have his books on your shelves? If if not, why are you banning Dennis Prager?
1: Well, so these are the same people that allow a book called what? Something about shooting schools? Assassination uh, Classroom. Assassination Classroom. So <clears throat> let's see. Assassination Classroom. Let's put a book in there that promotes or talks about uh, school shootings. Um, and then you have Muslim groups that don't want books in there that are uh, wholesome or teach about morals and good things the greatness and I, of america yeah, yeah I I mean, mean, we can't you know, talk about america, well you can't do that america bad
2: must be only books yeah. on on bookshelves well yeah. it's
1: not just teachers there and it's all the way up to the supreme court they can't even define what a woman is so <laughs> i mean this country's going to hell in a handbasket really quick when people on the supreme court cannot tell you what a woman is i i, I don't get it and you know this 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 whole movement has got
2: to go away so have you seen some of the pictures from this assassination classroom book? I have, have not. Some, well, I'm going sh- to show it to you because it's on our Montana Talks website right now. I'm going to show George during the break. You can also check it out during the break. It's on our Montana Talks app or just go to montanatalks.com. But, but yeah, George, I mean, you asked a good question. What is it with these librarians that keep putting these books, whether it's uh, sexualized content, pornographic material uh, targeting children, violence, violence, shooting up classrooms, shooting teachers. Why do they keep putting these books in the school bookshelves? There's a there's a, plenty of other books that don't make it on the shelf. Why did these make this shelf? Why do they keep doing this? And I think it's it's the John Jackson reply, the Joker from Twitter here, like like George mentioned. Yeah. Uh, you know, if we ask John Jackson, why do these librarians keep putting these books books on the shelves? His response, I think, would be because f you, because f you. They get the chance to to put their power out there. That's what they're going to do. It. It's a it's a power Here's play.
0: Here's Montana News. An illegal immigrant is looking at up to 30 years in prison for homicide in Gallatin County. Francisco Canales stabbed a man to death in summer 2022 upon discovery that the man was intimate with Canales' strange wife. This unlawful immigrant went so far as to place a tracking device on her car. Nick Christensen with KGBO reports that Canales attacked the lovers, stabbed the man in the chest several times. As police arrived on the crime scene, he tried to rescue his own victim using CPR. He further coerced his ex to back up his claim of non-responsibility. When that didn't hold water, he confessed. Now, this plea deal drops related charges. Francisco Canales will be sentenced mid-March to 40 years with 10 suspended. And he has a hold from Immigration and Customs for deportation upon any earlier parole. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman.
1: Mostly cloudy skies and a few snow showers possible in the Bozeman area today. Otherwise, breaks of sun and some clouds in Billings. High temperatures range from 13 in Billings to the mid-20s in Bozeman. For tonight, partly to mostly cloudy skies, upper teens in Bozeman, six above in Billings. And then on Saturday, with mostly cloudy to partly sunny skies, upper 30s to around 40. This is weatherology meteorologist Paul Frombley.
3: Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana this is montana talks with aaron flint all
2: right we're going to get into your phone calls as well here i think gary and billings is on the phone line so gary stand by but first george i, I got to get your in, instant reaction here so you just saw the images from this assassination classroom book that jeff lasloff talked yeah. about in the uh, montana family foundation any, weekly update what's your uh, just initial reaction
1: any to teacher it? or librarian that advocates for that should be fired immediately
2: that's kind of my point is it's like okay george let's say if i was working for you yeah yeah you know and and you know i make a mistake you know you'll come hey aaron hey man you, you kind of you know you, here's one thing we need to work on you know fyi you missed this but hey hey no big deal second time maybe third time maybe but eventually you're gonna be like okay continued lapse in judgment we, we gotta let you go Uh yeah. we gotta let you go yeah, yeah that, and that's the deal. The, we got these woke librarians that are pushing this woke agenda from the National Librarian Association, which is uh, it's just crazy. I mean, even the Montana State Library finally dropped out of that. Got
1: out of that. Finally. Got out of that. I was going to say that. Yeah, thank you. But
2: so they. So what is it with these woke librarians that that want to use their their little perch of power? To basically give the middle finger to every single parent out there and really to the teachers. I mean, I joked on the show the other day. I said, I said, did these teachers like, did they offend the librarian? Did they not allow him into the teacher's lounge? Did they play pranks on the librarian? Why do these librarians hate their, the teachers so much to where they are? They're like, no, 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 assassination classroom must be in the library at the school. Aww, man, you know what Aaron,
1: I am mean? like, telling you, I know a couple of librarians that are the sweetest nicest people in the world yeah, and there's
2: some great ones and out there
1: and they're wholesome people they're good people but you know th- i don't know where this comes from i saw a video though aaron that kind of goes along with this the other day <laughs> it, it was a parody and it was two police officers talking to this um i'm gonna say 30 something white woman and they're like okay what the perpetrator look like what what you know <laughs> was it a man or a woman it was a they them yeah. what <laughs> and the cops are looking at well what what was it this was it this no it was this you know and pretty soon at the end after it was a human being well what they look like a human being right (laughs) and so what was their skin color
2: ah i can't say racist oh that's the
1: thing you know every time they ask (laughs) what color racist this this and in the end the cop finally goes oh i got it and he gets on the radio and he goes we're looking for a pink short-haired so and so, you know, with this, that, and I was like, "Oh yeah. my god!" It finally got there, right?
2: The suspect is three states away now because
1: you didn't want to, you know. Oh uh, yeah, it, it's ridiculous. But disruptive sensibilities. But you know, we entrust our children to these people at these schools for the first part of their lives for for thirteen years or better, in, and then into college even. We entrust our children to these people, and. It's, it's scary, this stuff that they think they can push on our... T- you see in the news every day, Aaron, about these parents that are fighting school boards and fighting the court because schools are letting their kids pretend or transition to something they're not, right? And they're not allowed to tell the parents or they don't want to tell the parents. It's, it's ridiculous, Steve, but again... We have a Supreme Court that can't define what a woman is. So this goes way deeper than just schools. Well, they can. They just refuse to because well, there you go. F you again. Yeah.
2: yeah. You know, remember in, in basic training and boot camp, you know, you you went through the Navy's boot camp. I went through Army basic training, infantry, which is like <laughs> boot camp plus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not just nine weeks of fun. It's 14, 15 weeks of fun, uh, at least when I went through. But remember you know, everybody's going to make a mistake. Everybody's going to get busted at some point for, for messing something up or not, or not doing this or not doing that. Right. Cause you mm-hmm. know, everybody's exhausted. You get no sleep and you're, you're, you know, constantly uh, being smoked and the best advice you can give to somebody when they go to basic training is, Hey, if you get confronted after you, you, you fall short or you screw up, just say, yeah, Hey, Roger that All right, won't happen again. You know, you just say, Yeah, And you drive on and you move on. But but what's what's instead happening in these situations is when they're getting confronted with why is the Lesbiana's Guide to Catholic Schools in an underage uh, school library? Why, why is Assassination Classroom, that, which talks about shooting up classrooms in a school library, no, you can't tell me what to do. You're a book banner. Wait a minute. You, you're the same people that, that support the, the radical Islamic group uh, CARE. That wants to ban Dennis Prager's books from even being sold in the state of Montana. So don't tell us about book banning. Right. This is just common sense, age appropriate restrictions. You know. Yeah,
1: exactly. But see, to them, you know, it's not. It's they want anything. I tell you what. Do they have Hustler magazine in the libraries? What's that? Well, I'm yeah, joking. Exactly. I'm I know. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: Do they have that? No, because it's common sense. You don't put pornography and smut like that that's a, in the you're library. a
4: book
2: banner oh well you're a mega mega magazine banner. maybe i'm wrong <laughs> maybe
1: they want that in there i don't know but all the librarians i know are not like that and they would never do that but you know the uh, the first question i'm going to ask you is uh what color hair does your librarian have is it pink? Is it blue, purple? What? I mean, I, I don't
2: know. There's some good people that color their hair crazy colors, too. But, but oftentimes, well, oftentimes oh, it can be an indicator. Well, oftentimes I'm just it saying it could be an indicator. It could be an indicator. Could could be, indicator. Could be, could hey, be. let's sneak on Gary and Billings real quick before the break. Sorry for the way, Gary. Gary, what's going on?
5: Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, I don't know if you're involved in this trial of Trump and that lady, Carol, accusing him of ruining her reputation so the first trial was five million now she's asked of eight million for ruin her reputation you think about all of us that worked all of our lives and pay your bills that never could reach that status of money so could you remember guys when you 28 years ago what you were doing while you were eating and she could recall that he He accosted her in a dressing
2: room. Yeah, this is the defamation suit. All right, hold hold that thought, Gary. Thanks.
1: This is where Montana talks act with Lane Nordland.
4: The National Cattlemen's Beef Association strongly supports the Death Tax Repeal Act introduced in both the House and Senate. NCBA says it's unthinkable for cattle producers to face a tax that forces them to sell or part with their family's farm or ranch due to the death of a family member. With the cost of farmland rising rapidly, the death tax presents a significant threat to the future of family farms and ranches, says NCBA president and rancher from South Dakota, Todd Wilkinson. He added that most cattle producers do have significant assets but are cash poor and operate on thin margins, leaving them with few options when they are saddled with an unexpected tax liability. NCBA says some producers get forced to sell off assets, including land, livestock, farm equipment, and even their home. Current death tax relief expires at the end of 2025, and it's vital, they say, that Congress acts soon to provide permanent relief. Way up in slaughter cows were the main drivers this week at the Billings Livestock Commission. Good demand for those way up cows on a light offering, and Packers showed up strong for slaughter cows. Looking at the breaker boner cows there on the slaughter end of things, they were priced at $79 to $107 a hundredweight slaughter bulls, anywhere from $102 to $132 a hundredweight. I'm my Northmond.
1: Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Uh, George, look, actually, we
2: should should share that one on air, too. You and I were just chatting here about (laughs) Trump because, you know, Gary and Billings was talking about Trump, and I got a Trump soundbite from his Hannity interview last night that I wanted to share. And uh, we were talking, and you made the point, like, look— I don't care if you like Trump or not. Uh, Anyway, just what quickly did you want
1: to say about that. You don't don't have to like the guy, but I tell you what, your retirement account was worth way more than it is now, for sure. The markets were better. Everybody was prospering. Everybody made more money when he was president. And one time a guy, a liberal friend of mine, said, "Um, you know, did you make more money when he was president? And he was talking about Bill Clinton at the time. And he goes, that was his argument well you're worth more money you make more money well same thing towards trump right but if i put that back to him now he'd be like oh he's a terrible person you can't can't use that argument you know yeah Yeah. I, i all i know is we were safer it was more peaceful around the globe he signed more peace treaties than anybody else in history in the middle east everything was better as far as that goes we were making more money the world was peaceful um so you you can hate the guy and I'm not even saying I'd vote for the guy. I'm just saying that there were good things that happened when he was president.
2: That's right. And and then the point I was making back to you is it's like okay, if you have a boss at your office and you don't like him and you, know, you don't want to go hang out it's like Okay. But is he running a good shop? Is he running a good business? Is he keeping, you know, keeping everything or she or, uh, and uh, did you get a pay raise? Uh, things going well for you at your job? Okay. Uh, you don't have to go have beers with him after work. You don't have to go be best buddies and go play golf. Uh, it's a job. It's a business. Same thing with, with what our country needs right now. Yep. Get back to business, get the job up and running, and, and stop this chaos, stop this nonsense. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: somewhere along the line, Aaron, everybody decided that uh, – well, not everybody, but some people decided that if your boss – makes a million dollars somehow they're a bad person for being innovative for you know starting this job creating this business and everything and you know suddenly they're like well they make too much money well good god get a different job you know
2: well or go to another country because this is america and being successful economically is a good thing not yeah. a bad thing and if you don't like it uh, go go enjoy socialism somewhere no,
1: else exactly you know i <clears throat> Uh, it, it infuriates me that people take that stance on things. If you're good and you're worth the money, then, you know, you're going to get a job that, that pays you that. Um, I, I have a friend who just got a job making more money than they had at the last job because they're amazing. They're good. They're talented. They're hardworking and all that stuff, right? They're not asking anybody to give them anything, and they're not asking to for anything more than they're worth but they are worth it because they work their butt off and they're smart, intelligent, educated, amazing person. And the old employer may, must not have appreciated it, so they found a new one. Oh, <laughs> no. You know why they got rid of them? Because the old employer didn't like the fact they were paying them more than anybody else. You know, uh, they kind of like, oh, we're cutting back. We're getting rid of you.
2: Socialism. We want everybody. It's, that's equity. That's uh, equity. There well, you go. You yeah, well, equity. Well, you can take your equity and this job and shove it.
1: Exactly. Well, <laughs> all I got to say is, you know, if you're a hardworking working educated, uh, driven individual, you're going to get a job. You're going to do well. And it, the ones that are screaming that they're not getting paid enough, that are working at McDonald's, sorry, that's not supposed to be a career job. That's an entry-level job. Well, although at McDonald's,
2: man, you can work your way into management. Ah, you, you can be a very good career. Well, and, you uh, can. Yeah, yeah I, I know.
1: But, see, these people complaining aren't the ones that are working their way up into those management positions, right? They're, they're complaining that the manager makes too much money more than they do. Yeah.
2: Uh, I, I, I almost forgot. we got to go back to Gary and Billings. Because Gary had one more more thing. He was talking about the Gene Carroll defamation suit against Trump. And uh, Gary was saying, what about my defamation suit? You know, look at all the harm that I've had to deal with because, uh, you know, everything going on and and their attacks on Trump. Anyway, Gary, what else did you want to share?
5: Well, guys, you know, we talk about Donald Trump and you look at uh, his wife, the beautiful woman that he's married to and. Most people don't know the real Donald Trump anyway, but think about every day, every day he gets up, he's attacked for trying to turn America around. So my point is that we have got to stand behind him. So that's all I got to say
6: all right okay great gary
2: thanks for the thanks for the phone call thanks for sticking around and yeah his point was like wait a minute she claims that she remembers all these details from 28 years ago so now she has this defamation suit against trump and he's like where's our settlement payment for all the harm that all of america is facing under joe biden right now because of these attacks on trump and the undermining of trump
1: well the crazy thing is aaron so we have a president who one ignores the constitution and and flat out says he does We have a president that has broken the law and done so many shady things. And there's so much proof that this happened. If this was in the 1960s, he'd already be out of office. But things have changed. And now we don't care that he's an evil, uh, law-breaking, I don't know, whatever he is, nitwit.
2: (laughs) All right. Uh, back in 60 seconds after this Fox News update, uh, we got more callers on the line. Phone lines are open for you, 406 294 0970 on this Freedom Friday.
7: News. I'm Therese Crowley. Weekend for three in New England. Trump, DeSantis, and Haley all campaigning before Tuesday's New Hampshire primary. Nikki Haley taking it straight to the front runners on CNN. I really want to have two 80-year-olds running for president? well Donald Trump tells Fox's Hannity Haley wouldn't be able to handle the position, can't handle the onslaught. President Biden's son Hunter agrees to appear for a deposition before House investigators on the Joe Biden impeachment inquiry. But this morning, lawyers for Hunter's friend Kevin Morris charged the House Oversight Chair leaked details of his interview, where Morris admitted paying Hunter's legal bills and buying half his art for $5 million worth. The March for Life stepping off in snowy Washington, a tradition since 1974. House Speaker Mike Johnson addressing the crowd about new efforts to preserve life after Roe versus Wade was sent back to the States. America is listening to Fox News.
2: So Sean Hannity asked Donald Trump, why was Iowa such a big win? And then he started pivoting to medical freedom. And I thought what, what President Trump was saying about medical freedom was really interesting. Uh, so I, I want to play that here, get George's reaction and more on this Freedom Friday. But first, let's sneak in another phone call. We got Tim in Billings on the line. Tim, uh, good to hear from you. Morning,
8: gentlemen. Happy Frozen Freedom Friday. You um, <laughs> we were, we were talking earlier it's a about hug. Yeah, the uh, the uh, books in the in the libraries not being age appropriate and and that they're actually obscene um, and, and you know this is all this is all a planned attack against our country if you recall there was a KGB defector in the early 80s his name was Yuri Brezzanov and he would do interviews and he talked about this they called them active measures they talked about how uh, they would you know have the moral decay they would they would create a moral decay against the United States and, and amongst the uh, population of the United States. And, and now what you've got is you've got people in positions of power in these, in these schools and libraries and the higher education and these, and these corporations. They're second-generation youthful idiots. They have no idea what the US, United States was prior to uh, the, the Cold War. That, you know, how much of a great nation we were, how free we were, and they, they, they were, they've been told nothing but lies about, you know, what really made this country great. Good and point. so now they're in these positions of authority where they're, they're just accelerating this moral decay. The red diaper
2: babies. Yeah, exactly. Yep. No, I think you're exactly right. Um, one of the other uh, uh, highlights that Jesse Waters shared in this uh, report on Davos in the World Economic Forum uh, George, there was a clip, you know, they, they had a diversity panel, right? And, and it could have been something straight out of the office because uh, it was just such a joke at this diversity panel. But they kept using the term intersectionality. Well, the intersectionality of this intersectionality is exactly what Tim is talking about, where they and, and this was a Marxist strategy. You want to divide people, not just along economic lines, social lines. You want to divide because if you want to transform this country into something else, which is what they promised they want to do, you have to attack it. Every existing structure, every existing foundation, and you have to divide people along every sort of category you can think of—racial
1: oh, lines, economic lines, everything. That's it, and they're doing it well. They are doing it well. The left is dividing us at every opportunity they get, and it's—it's uh, it's scary. It really is scary.
2: Yeah, um, and so anyway, that, that ties in with exactly what Tim was saying there. But no, that because George and I were also kind of talking offline about why is the why is the rainbow mafia. Defending assassination classroom. I mean, I, I as I understand, I don't, even, I don't even think there's any LGBTQ themes in the well, book. But- I don't
1: know. Let's write a book. Uh, What? uh, Assassination Rainbow.
2: Would would they be all right with that? Yeah, if the book was all about assassinating LGBTQ folks in the classroom, would would they still be defending it? Exactly. But I think I think, no, they want to throw they want to defend the defenseless because they want the ability to then throw all of their crazy stuff out there. And and if you'll allow a book about assassinating teachers on the school shelves, then you won't take their crazy stuff off either.
7: Saving you money, I'm Hillary Barsky. When you take a look at all the subscription services that you've signed up for, it's probably a good idea to ask yourself, do you really need to keep paying for them? Perhaps it's time to review what you have and see what you can trim, like that streaming service which has gone up in price. Determine which ones you watch and ditch the ones you don't. Or how about all of those shopping memberships? You might be an Amazon Prime member, which offers a batch of perks, including exclusive deals on online purchases. But do you have to be a year-long member? Instead, think about canceling your Prime service and signing up closer to the time when Amazon offers sales for Prime Day, Black Friday, or the end of the year. Or how about that gym membership you might not be using? Or if you're paying a monthly charge for cloud storage, say with Google Drive or Dropbox, you might want to consider a free service instead. And don't forget to go through those mobile apps you signed up for, but don't use, or music subscriptions. Saving you money, Hillary Barsky, Fox News.
9: This is the Montana Economic Minute.
3: Before every political debate degenerated into name-calling and every newspaper tried to set itself up as a fact-checker, there was a term used by economists to describe data that was useful, a stylized fact is a broad conclusion based on a big pile of data. And a stylized fact about the U.S. is that there have been two times since World War II that we questioned how well our economy was working. The first was around 1960, when the launch of Sputnik made us think that the Soviet Union was racing past us. A second was around 1990, when the Japanese were cranking out high-quality cars that were a product of an active industrial policy some thought we should have. In both those cases, our hysteria over our waning performance peaked at exactly the time that our would-be competitors started to nosedive. us to the present with chinese-made products in all of our homes and chinese balloons flying over montana and concerned that we're being passed by rising again is history repeating itself i'm patrick barkey
7: brought to you by the university of montana bureau of business and economic research
3: It's. The biggest gun
2: and outdoor gear show in the world is coming up in Las Vegas. The big SHOT Show. Well, you know a bunch of us Montanans are going to once again be in the house for the big event. Aaron Flint here with Montana Talks next week. Three days of live shows from the SHOT Show plus coverage on our radio station websites from the SHOT Show in Vegas as well. Are you going to be there? Do you know somebody who's going to be there? Send them our way. Check out the details of our show location. Go to montanatalks.com.
4: Serving the great state of
1: Montana. From the peaks of the Bear Tooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint bt3 can we call you bt3 <laughs> at one time that's what i was yeah robo
2: tango triplet uh george blackard in the house so, <laughs> uh,
1: bt3 hey you know I got, I got an update for you on a couple things okay. so
2: uh um, i'm talking about this bt3 thing now you talk about
1: your. there you go well so, yeah so
2: before i forget so i i asked george i said hey when you were in the navy what because those of us who were like you know air force marines uh, Army, everything else, you start to hear these Navy people, this is YN1. What in the heck is YN1? You in first class yeah, is Yulman what that first is. class. the guy yep. that does your paperwork, so be nice even if you don't know what the heck That's that is. right. They'll lose for. your shot
1: records if you don't watch it. <laughs> That's right.
2: <laughs> yeah, we didn't, re- uh, for some reason, your retirement paperwork you know, and, didn't get filed. So I don't know why. That,
1: that brings up an interesting thing, right? If they lose your shot records, you get everything again. Oh. So, you know, apparently... Two yellow fever shots, two of this, two of that. (laughs) Apparently, that doesn't hurt you, or if it does, they don't care. Well, at least you don't
2: get myocarditis. If it's
1: not Uh, on paper, (laughs) you're getting it. That's
2: right. So (laughs) So, yeah, that that could be really bad with the Rona shot. Oh Oh, man. Oh, God! I don't think
1: you You want to double that. You gave me a heart
2: condition the first time. Now you want me to take it again?
1: Exactly. Hey, so I have an update. I. I got to thinking about uh, Elena in Phillipsburg the other day. Sent her an email and just checked on her, and she's doing well. So she
2: called in yesterday. What time? I could, was it six six thirty seven? Yeah, know. yeah. With four
1: hours, it's like you know, it's it's easy to miss. The it is. Things. Yeah. It is. But anyway, she's doing well, and and uh, you know, she's uh, such a great lady and a great patriot. Because remember, she's the one that brought up the. Uh, p-o-w-m-i-a flag flag thing yeah and and you know she's paying attention and that's what i preach to everybody pay attention to what's going on uh so also my friend jack that was sick that i asked everybody to pray for is doing well and i would ask you to continue praying for him and uh you know it just uh it's great prayer works and it helps that's right so a couple updates there but you know another one is you know people talked about When Donald Trump was president, whenever he did something with the military, they're like, he didn't get congressional approval. Well, guess what? Joe Biden's not getting congressional approval now to attack Iran and the Houthis (laughs) and all that stuff, right? So I, I... I think it's important. Well, it's important, one, that they're doing that because they have to do that. But, you know, if you have to respond, if
2: our troops are attacked, they should have the ability to respond. Yeah, they've been exactly. under repeated attack. And I still don't think
1: we're responding enough, uh, aggressively right. enough. But, I agree. But at
2: least they're finally doing something.
1: Doing something finally. After the right fact. Yes. After the fact. But my point is, one, you know, to go to war, we're supposed to get congressional approval. Uh, and... And it's just funny how the two sides, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. As long as their side's doing it, then they don't care and they're happy about it. But, you know, let's hold everybody to the same standard. Let's follow the law. Just like this whole thing about immigration, right? The the left is saying, well, the Republicans are against uh, this reform and this and that. You know what? How about we just enforce the laws we already have? Not that hard. Let's start with that. It's not that right?
2: hard. Trump showed us that it's not that hard yeah, to do. So these, they just
1: don't want to do it. So these politicians are just nuts.
2: Uh, so President Trump, uh, I mentioned that uh, Sean Hannity last night uh, interviewed him, and uh, the first question Hannity asked is, "Why do you think you were so successful in the Iowa caucuses, uh, uh, defying all the pundit expectations?" It wasn't just a big win. It was an historic victory by Trump in Iowa earlier this week.
3: Because the Biden administration is so bad and we now have a contrast. You didn't have a contrast so much before. And now you have a contrast. Why? What happened? You know, we get the most votes of any sitting president in history. And then somebody else takes over and they take a look at what uh, we had versus what they have now. And the difference is so stark. It's so massive. It's so different. The country is a different place. We were respected all over the world. We got the largest tax cuts ever, the largest regulation cuts ever. We rebuilt our military, Sean. We did everything, even right to try. You know what right to try is if, you know, you're able to use some of these incredible new uh, drugs that they're making. Uh, Biodrugs and other drugs in people's lives are being saved. You never could do it. You'd have to go to Asia. You'd have to go to Europe, different places all over the world. Now you get them here. And that was a hard thing. That Fifty-eight years they tried to get that. If you were terminally ill, they didn't want to give you a drug, even if they thought it might work, because they said, we don't want to hurt the people. I said, no, no, they're terminally ill. We're going to do something, and we got it done. It was not easy either because the drug companies, nobody wanted it. To-
2: anyway, I, I thought that was a, a great point there by President Trump. Yeah, you know, especially here, we, we talk Freedom Friday. And, you know, Freedom Friday to these illegal aliens and to the left, they think Freedom Friday means, oh, the land of free stuff. Which, of course, we know is not free because you and I and everybody else has to pay for it. So it's not free. But that's what they think it is. The the land of the free means let's just give everybody a bunch of free stuff that somebody had to pay for. But but yet the same people on the left, no, no, no. You can't let people try um, uh, an experimental drug or an experimental treatment. It's like they're going to die. They are on their deathbed. They are terminally ill. Why not let them try something that might work? Look, what do they have to lose here? And uh, and, and we saw this on steroids during the, the crazy response to COVID-19, of course.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's, here's the thing. Okay, so we can put out uh, an experimental drug for COVID-19. We can exempt the drug companies from prosecution if it goes bad, right? I mean, think about that. Here we want everybody to take this shot, but... The people that created it are not held responsible for whatever happens because, well, we're telling you to do it. So isn't that funny? Isn't that weird how that works? How so, on one hand it's okay, on the other hand it's not okay. And I'm telling you, you don't want government health care. Just look at the VA. <laughs> they want you
2: to have a right to try cocaine and heroin and oh, everything yeah. else, but they don't want you to try an experimental uh, drug that might treat your terminal illness or yeah. disease or whatever. Yeah, exactly. George, speaking of, you said, hey, you know, that's kind of funny. So c- would you mind reading this headline for our listeners here, just the
1: one in bold there? If you don't, SEC like. right to withdraw natural asset company rule
2: so Hmm. i i I wanted you to read that because coming up in the nine o'clock hour we've got for just a few minutes we're going to have kathleen sagama from the uh, western energy alliance talking about this natural asset company rule this is a huge uh interesting topic and we haven't really covered it too much because it's kind of been more kind of in the back channels uh but Big story we're going to talk about in the 9 o'clock hour, but, hey, this is great. We got Kerry White, former Montana lawmaker, on the phone lines right now. Looks like that's what he wants to talk about. So, Kerry, thanks for calling in.
9: Thanks, Aaron, for having me. I just wanted to update you. We got a really big victory on Wednesday. Uh, Westerman, with the Subcommittee on Natural Resources in the U.S. House, was going to look into these natural asset companies But on Wednesday, the Securities and Exchange Commission withdrew the proposed rule to form these natural asset companies, which would have allowed our natural resources to be traded on the New York Stock Exchange and foreign investors could invest and really take control of our natural resource uh, assets in public lands, wilderness areas, national parks, and on private property with these conservation easements. So anyway, on Wednesday, they withdrew uh, putting that rule forward. So it looks like it's dead for now, uh, but we never know what's around the corner.
2: No, that's right. I remember you were one of the first folks to call in and talk about this. One of our listeners called in and she was saying how, hey, have you guys heard about this? Glenn Beck is talking about the, these NACs. Basically, it would, it would basically – you take these, these groups, these NGOs that want that to shut down America, that want to shut down American oil and gas, that want to shut down American agriculture, and it would have allowed them to, to basically raise money. Uh, by trading on the stock market. Uh, t- so they would be using the stock market to shut down America, basically. And the, the state treasurer down in Utah was the first to start highlighting this and raising awareness about this. Then Glenn Beck amplified it. So when I got, when I yeah. got that phone call from one of our listeners, I reached out to our attorney general. Hey, are you guys tracking this? And A.G. Knudsen, I don't, I don't know if it got any press, but Attorney General Austin Knudsen actually sent a multi-state letter uh, that he and several other uh, state attorneys general uh filed with the SEC, and, man, there's a whole list of names in here. So so A.G. Knutson also yeah. got into the fight behind the scenes to put pressure on the SEC to stop this as well.
9: Yeah, and I appreciate that and all the pushback, and, and we put that out to our citizens for balanced use members, and we were working with American stewards of Liberty out of Texas, and like you said, they had that state treasurer that was on Glenn Beck, and, and uh, the S- SEC just, uh, I think, caved to the pressure, they don't. Uh, they don't like to be uh, out in the uh, limelight too much, and so on Wednesday they uh, went through the rule, and that's really good news. Uh, it was uh, the precursor, really, Aaron, for uh, carbon credits. So if you were a, an industry that supposedly had some uh, burning fossil fuels, and you had to buy carbon credits, you could invest in these NACS nice. and these carbon credits.
2: So you could, uh, you could use your own yeah. money, you could use your own money to basically stab yourself in the back, basically, is what they were going to be doing. Good night. Yeah, well, Carrie, Carrie White, great yeah. phone call. Thanks for calling and thanks for uh, staying on yeah. top of that big issue.
4: Fox News commentary.
6: Some students are flat out refusing to pay back their student loans in protest. I'm Tommy Lahren. More next. I'm Charles Payne.
1: Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. 35 years on Wall Street taught me how to successfully invest in the stock market. In my four part series, I'm going to teach you too. Some of Fox Business's finest join me to help tell my story, impart crucial lessons from my Unstoppable Prosperity book, and to give you the tools to achieve your own financial dreams.
8: Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
6: Get this. One in ten student loan borrowers say they are refusing to make payments as a form of protest. According to a survey by Intelligent.com, 25% of those surveyed admitted they have not made any payments at all, and 9% of those say they are not making payments in a deliberate effort to pressure the government into student loan forgiveness. You've gotta be kidding me. If you take out the loan, you pay back the loan. You don't get to refuse to pay it back as a protest. You don't get to boycott your bills. I swear, if these are the young people you all are out there raising, we are in deep trouble. Trouble. The greatest generation stormed beaches, fought for freedom, sacrificed, and risked their lives for this nation. Also, whiny students could sit on their thumbs and moan about paying back the loans that they voluntarily took out to get their worthless gender studies and psychology degrees? Unbelievable. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can watch my show Tommy Laren is fearless at Outpick.com.
0: I'm Chad Pergram with the Speaker's Lobby. The congressional calendar is always subject to change, but the current House calendar has the body meeting the first week of June the 80th anniversary of the D-Day landings at Normandy hit on June 6th. That's why former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi wrote to Speaker Mike Johnson, urging him to change the congressional schedule. Pelosi wants Johnson to accommodate bipartisan congressional delegations to travel to Normandy for the occasion. Quote, D-Day will forever serve as a vivid reminder of the cost of freedom and the blessing of peace, wrote Pelosi. Pelosi has led bipartisan congressional delegations to Normandy to mark previous anniversaries of the Allied D-Day invasion. The most recent occasion was the 75th anniversary in 2019. In fact, this may be the last opportunity to mark a major anniversary with living veterans who fought at Normandy. Congress bid farewell to its final World War II veterans nearly a decade ago. Republican Ralph Hall and Democrat John Dingell retired. Both are now deceased. With the Speaker's Lobby, Chad Pergram, Fox News. This is where Montana talks. Uh, Jackie Coffin writes this.
2: Book bans in K-12 public schools are increasing in frequency across the country. Uh, Jackie, these aren't book bans. These are age-appropriate restrictions. Yeah, apparently one of the books is Assassination Classroom. So the liberal left wants Assassination Classroom in the Laurel Schools. And the liberal left is mad that that Assassination Classroom, which has kids shooting up teachers in schools, featured in the book they they don't want that uh they want that book to be on the high school bookshelves uh the other five titles (laughs) uh, have multicultural themes according to ktvq yeah multicultural themes uh what kind of multicultural themes might these be oh one is a book called the
3: lesbiana's guide to catholic school (laughs)
1: okay Brought to you from the Montana Hot Springs Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio.
9: This is where Montana talks.
1: Montana talks with Aaron Flint.
2: George, you know, I was just thinking, I, I know I didn't get a chance to see you too much in December, because uh, first off, you did a great job guest hosting the program for a couple of Fridays in December, and then we had the holidays, David Noble was covering down uh, towards the end of December. Whatever happened with the Army-Navy game? It, it no, was in December. stop, yeah. <laughs> stop, stop.
1: You know, that, that was a horrible game. And the fact that that score was so close had no reflection of how bad a game that was. It was horrible. Three years in a row. All right, it's, it's funny.
2: You know, I was an ROTC guy, not an academy guy. So we'd always joke uh, about the academy guys just for fun, you know. And uh, so, so I never cared about the Army-Navy game. But if they win, i like to point it out. Of course you do. Of course you do. Yeah,
1: well, you should. You got bragging rights for a year. (laughs) But uh, that's three years in a row, and that's three years in a row that I've lost lunch to Mitch Howe. Oh. Every every year I get a text. I don't get a phone call or anything. I just get a text. Same bet. And I'm like, yes. I'm I'm three down to him. And I think. Has it been three years in a row? Yes. And because of COVID, I don't think I've. I think I owe him three lunches still. Man, you ah, should just merge nuts. it all into
2: one nice steak dinner or Ooh, something. Well, know. I could do that. We, yeah, or, or go to the High Horse and you can do the prime rib. Well, uh, what about that breakfast. place in Warden? Yeah, that place was awesome. Well, was On it good? I heard you out there. We're yeah. taking to Bozeman. Go see our friends at the Club Tavern Grill.
1: I mean, that, that place is
2: awesome. Um, uh, I don't
1: know. I, I have to think so of something. Options. But I owe him three years. Ago. Yeah. There you go. Yep.
2: Uh, Speaking of military humor, (laughs) so Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, man, he was MIA for several days. They had the 911 call where his aide, hey, hey, don't turn on the, the lights. Don't use the sirens. We don't want, you know, we want to keep this low profile. The Secretary of Defense got transported via ambulance to the hospital and Somebody in the military ought to know better that you got to tell somebody. You don't need to tell CNN, but you at least got to tell your freaking boss. Hey, FYI. Uh, the number one
1: guy. Whoa, is, yeah, yeah. Well, wow. that's funny because that, they like they hit it. They they covered it up. They did. And why would and I they don't know do why. that? Why? why? Like it doesn't make any sense. Why would you cover that up? Here, I saw that meme that said Secretary Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin has been made an honorary. CWO2 after disappearing for 4 days and telling no one. <laughs> That's chief warrant officer second class, right? So so they now, now, there's a Navy chief, with
2: chief petty officer. That's different. That's the enlisted. The, the, that's the backbone of the Navy, right? Right. That's who keeps the ships running. There that's you who go. Keeps, But then there's the chief warrant officers. Yeah,
1: those are those are mustangs, what they call them. Those are people that started out as enlisted and then became officers. And so but,
2: you're considered as an officer, but the, the, the warrant officers are different than, than, like, say, your lieutenants and your captains. Yeah, because your, everybody you know, respects blah, blah, blah. the warrant
1: officers. They respect. Well, <laughs> that's because
2: the, the warrant officers actually know what they're doing. That's right. Uh, they're, tec- they're technical <laughs> experts. <laughs> you know, this is great because you're, your you're that, an officer, Aaron, so I can it's say great that we I can have this conversation. It. I can make these jokes because <laughs> I I, you know, I will readily say, man, uh, you know what? I'm going to go talk to my sergeant. I'm going to go talk to the chief here and find out what, what we really need to do. I'm going to get their consultation before I make some stupid decision. Oh, exactly. Uh, but but the ward officers... You know, let's just say they're paid for what they know, not for what they do, as they should be because they're the technical yeah. experts. And uh, well, but,
1: but, they, it, but it, they
2: could disappear for four days and people would be like, yeah, we don't know where they go. You know, it, it we remind, don't really know what
1: they do. It reminds me of the story, Aaron, where a guy gets called in to work on a main engine on a ship. And everybody's standing around, scratching their heads, looking at it, going, we don't know what's wrong with this thing. Something's wrong with it. Calling an expert. Guy comes down there. He's got a tiny little toolbox. He opens it up. He pulls out a hammer. That's the only thing that's in there. And he taps the engine in one spot, and it starts working. (laughs) And he goes, that'll be $18,000. And they said, $18,000? All you did was hit it with a hammer. And he goes, yeah. It's not for hitting it with the hammer. It's for knowing where to hit it with the hammer. Exactly. Right?
2: And how much money would they've spent? How many man hours would they have lost if that guy didn't know exactly what to do it? Exactly. exactly the right. But Anybody who's a technical expert right out there, like a plumber or there, like, you know, you're paid for what you know, not just what you do. And so these exactly. people that get hung up on, what does that amount to in an hour? Well, you know, how many man hours would it take if you didn't have somebody who knew exactly what they were doing? And exactly. So, so that knowledge uh, should come with a price tag. But, yeah. but no, the warrant officers are great. But one of, my, <laughs> one of my favorite warrant officer tips is, hey, if you're leaving for a long lunch – Put your patrol cap with your name on it, and just leave it on the table. They'll assume you're there working. <laughs> <laughs> Must be down the hall in a meeting or something. That's like that, right. You, know? you bet. <laughs> and well, that, oh man, it's, that's great. Well, thanks, Aaron. Happy Freedom Friday. Hey, Happy Freedom Friday, George Blackard. Always great to see you. Thanks for dropping in. Phone lines are open for you coming up in the eight o'clock hour. We don't know where the warrant officers are going, but we'll Retirement be here.
7: Experiment can be scary, but only if you're not prepared.
2: Boy, I tell you what, if you missed Thursday's Montana Talks, we had a very heartwarming show. I'll tell you what, friends and neighbors, neighbors looking after neighbors. You know, we had a couple callers. They wanted to make sure that our good friend Ken in Great Falls survived that severe cold snap, that he survived the global warming that Montana's been suffering. He called in. He's okay. That was the heartwarming moment on Thursday's show. We're going to warm things up again on Friday's Montana Talks, taking your calls and more statewide 9 to 10.